Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I am not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me and for listening to today's episode. I'm excited to have you be a part of this journey, this journey of creating something that is going to help men all over the world love being dads and aid them in their quest to be better dads every single day. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already, it's pretty quick and easy to do. So thank you in advance for subscribing to the podcast. And if you'd like to, you can keep up with other things that I'm posting on social media. You can search for Fathering Our Future on Facebook or on Instagram. I'll probably get on some other platforms here pretty soon. But for right now, you can find me there, Fathering Our Future on Facebook, on Instagram. And go ahead and like and follow the pages. Be a part of this exciting journey. Be a part of the story that's being written that is one day going to help and bless dads everywhere. Today, we're going to talk about something very simple. It's really simple, and it's one of those things that you might already be doing, but you might not realize the benefit and the significance of doing this. And if you're not doing this, it's very easy to start. I want to talk to you about the importance of routine. Having routine, having traditions that are a part of your family. I want you to consider this. The world that we live in is constantly changing. Every single day, something different happens. Something different with us personally happens. We have the opportunity every day as we go through trial and experiences and challenges, we have the opportunity to learn something every single day because different things happen, because change is a constant in our lives and in our world. And if we're mindful of it, we have the opportunity to grow every single day, to become better every single day. If we'll take the time to reflect, if we'll take the time to be mindful, because in a world that is ever-changing, we too will be ever-changing, and we can do that in a positive way if we will embrace that change, if we'll be mindful of it, if we'll reflect on it, and we'll grow from it. Or you can resist it and hate it, And life can be a little bit miserable. So our life is in a constant state of change. We go through different phases. We go through different seasons of life. Nothing is ever the same. That's just the way that it works. Even if you have a job, today will not be the same as yesterday. It won't be the same as the next day. It won't be the same as a week from now. No one day will ever repeat itself. You might have a job that's pretty mundane. But still, consider all the different changes that happen within that day. You're going to go to work. You're going to drive to work. You're going to see different cars. You're going to see different people. You might see an accident one day. You might not see an accident the other day. You have all of these different variations that occur within a day that you have to process, that you have to think about, that you have to do something with. You can either see it and forget it, or you can see it and you can dwell on it. The point is there is constant change all around us. It is a part of our life. No day is the same. We do not get to experience that Groundhog Day movie effect where we just keep reliving the same one day. And just as we have that experience to where every day is constantly changing for us, 
our kids have that too. Except with our kids, they don't have the knowledge that we have. They don't have the ability to take everything in the way that we can, the way that maybe they should sometimes. They don't know how to process this. They lack the context. They lack the understanding. They lack the experience. And so they don't know what to do sometimes with this ever-changing world. There can be complexities that they're just completely foreign to because they're kids, because they've not walked down that path before. They've never seen that before. They've never heard that before. There are constantly things they take in and experience that may be familiar for us, but they are first-time experiences for the kids. This is going to happen a lot for them. Just as it happens for you and I, it happens that much more for them because they only know so much. There's much more left for them to know than there is for you and I. So in a world and in a life that is ever-changing for them, we have the opportunity to anchor them with routine. We can add stability to their world through routine. Here's why I think it's so important. It gives them hope. Routine gives them something to hope for. It gives them something in the future that they can look forward to. If they have a bad day, but they know that something special happens tomorrow, that bad day will be forgotten because they have hope for something that is to come. And I know hope is a big thing. For me, my hope is in the kingdom of God. My hope is in Jesus. This is the hope that I'm looking to, to correct all the wrongs in the world, to fix the brokenness, to mend everything that needs mended. I look to Jesus. My hope is in Jesus. And in trying to teach children hope, we have the opportunity to do that through routine, by creating constants, by creating things that are constant in their world that is ever changing. I can have hope in Christ because I know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can have hope in Christ because I know he's already won the victory and his promise is unfolding as I speak. And just as I can have hope in something that is eternal, something that is constant, we can also give our children the opportunity to experience hope on a simple level through routine. And it's not hard to do. It's easy to do. I'm just going to give you just some little examples and I want you to take what I'm giving you today, do whatever you want to do with it, but try and establish routine or be mindful of the things that you are doing and keep them as a routine. I just want you to have this new perspective on this if you don't have it already, that as you create routine and tradition for your kids, for your families, what you're doing for them to some extent is you're giving them the ability to experience and to feel hope. They have something to look forward to that they know will bring them satisfaction, that they know will bring them joy or some sense of wholeness. So for example, let's talk about like a yearly tradition. I had one growing up for Christmas and we've incorporated this with our kids. My parents bought us gifts for Christmas. They would start putting them under the tree in December. So we got to see them and we're hopeful that on Christmas, 
we get to open these gifts, but they did something a little unique. They did something special for us. On Christmas Eve, we got to open one gift. And so we weren't really focused on opening all the gifts on Christmas leading up to Christmas. Our whole focus was that one gift that we get to get before Christmas, but it's for Christmas, but we get it a day early. And we were so excited about that. Me and my sister, we loved the idea that we got a taste of Christmas before Christmas day. Even if we had bad days at school, we knew, okay, we're going to go on Christmas break and we get that one gift on Christmas Eve. It was hope of what was to come. We hoped for that. And then it also gave us hope of what would come tomorrow. It was something that we found joy in. We loved it. We looked forward to it. We had a sense of hope in that one gift that we would get. And I know it sounds simple. It sounds childish, but this is for your children. And it is simple. Children are simple. I could take my son right now. If he wasn't asleep, I could take him right now and I could ask him the question, Frankie, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? And I am about 99.9% sure he would say, I would like a squishy lizard. He wouldn't say, I'd like to take a cruise. He wouldn't say, I'd like a house that's paid off. He wouldn't say, I'd like someone to pay for my bills forever. He wouldn't say, I'd like a really nice car or any of these things that I would probably think of. If I had my way, if I had the ability to pick any one thing that I would want, Frankie would say, no, I would like a squishy lizard. And he would probably want to take someone straight down to Dollar Tree and pick it out. That's what Frankie would want. Because that's what Frankie loves. He loves squishy lizards. He is proud of the Dollar Tree. And he is happy to let anyone know that he has toys from the Dollar Tree. Kids are simple. They like what they like. They like what they understand. They don't have huge, complex desires. They're not sorting out all of the matters of life that you and I are trying to sort out. They're simple. They need simple things. That's why this is such a simple lesson. Just establish some sense of routine and tradition for your kids, and it gives them a sense of hope. So that's an example of a yearly tradition, but let's talk about like a weekly routine. So I had a couple of these that I implemented, and I think it's a hit with the kids. So the first thing that I started doing was I started making pancakes for my kids every Saturday morning. And I've talked about this before, but my kids love it. It's even one of those things that will help them go to bed at night on a Friday because when they wake up in the morning, they know that daddy's making pancakes. And this makes daddy a hero in their eyes. Now, I do want to say, this is a little tangent, but I think it's important to say this in this context. My wife gets up and makes sure that the kids are fed basically every other day. The weekends, I try and help as much as I can. But the weekdays, I'm getting ready for work. I'm trying to get things together. I'm trying to go. She's up with the kids. She's making sure they're fed. And she's the real hero. So even though daddy is doing this special thing on Saturday, and daddy's getting a lot of this recognition, like, oh, you're the one giving us pancakes. So you're the one who's really helping us. Make sure, men, that you help your kids recognize and appreciate the work that your wife does. Parenting with your spouse should not be a contest. 
of who do our kids love more? Who do our kids enjoy being around most? If you have that mindset, lose it immediately because that is a horrible way to think. This isn't a contest between you and your wife. This is a task. This is a responsibility. This is a mission that you were on together to parent and raise your children, to put them on a path that leads to success. This is what your goal is. You're doing this together. So I take the opportunity when we eat to ask the kids, didn't mommy make a great meal? Don't you appreciate what mommy's done? I make sure that they realize the little things that she does day in and day out, constantly for the kids. I make sure they realize daddy's not really the hero here. Mommy is the superhero. Mommy is Wonder Woman taking care of you a lot more than daddy is. So that was bonus content. Make sure your spouse gets appreciation, not just from you, but also from your kids. So I make pancakes on Saturday mornings for my kids and they love it. We make pancakes. We put peanut butter on the pancakes because if you don't put peanut butter on your pancakes, I'm not even sure you're really eating pancakes the right way. And if you've never heard of that, if you don't do that, you might go see your doctor and let him diagnose you because there's definitely something wrong. You're, you're messed up one way or the other. The other day, Frankie said he wanted 10 pancakes. This is a funny story. Frankie said he wanted 10 pancakes. He's starting to count. My wife's starting to work with him a lot on numbers, letters, sounds, words, trying to teach him how to read. So he was like, I want one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 pancakes. I want 10 pancakes. I was like, okay, Bubba, let's just start with one. So I made one pancake for each of the kids. And these are pretty big pancakes. And I made three for myself. I didn't want three, but I just made too much batter. So Frankie finishes his first pancake. Then he says, hey, I want another pancake. I was like, okay, you can have one of mine. This is great. I didn't want three. I wanted two. So I gave him a pancake. He finishes that second pancake. He gets up because I was at the table. He gets up and he goes and looks at the stovetop. Says, hey, is there any more batter? I said, no, Bubba, it's all gone. He said, how am I supposed to have 10 pancakes? <laughs> I was like, dude, I didn't think you were serious about this. I was like, just go drink your milk. You'll get full. Trust me. He's a little monster, but they love pancakes and they love that I do that for them. And it's a sense of hope for them. If their Friday night is not going great, we can remind them, hey, tomorrow morning when you wake up, daddy's going to have pancakes on the stove, hot and fresh for you. And they smile and they look forward to having pancakes. It gives them a little sense of hope. It's just something that I do every Saturday, most Saturdays. Maybe I'm not always perfect. Sometimes I have to do it on Sundays, but nearly every single weekend without fail, I'm making pancakes for the kids because that's something special that I get to do for them. And it gives them a sense of hope because it is a constant in their world. And if you don't know how to make pancakes, maybe I'll make a little tutorial video on how to make pancakes. You just buy the mix from Costco and the rest is easy. There's some technique in the flip of the wrist, but we'll go over that later in the video. Anyway, so that's one thing that I do on a weekly basis to give them some sense of routine, to help give them some sense of hope for what is to come. Another thing that I did during COVID, and I think I've talked about this too, COVID happened. We weren't doing anything. We couldn't get out. Everything was closed down. But as soon as they opened up the zoo, we had a season pass that my sister had purchased for us for Christmas. And so I told my wife, look, I'm going to take the kids to the zoo because we got to get out of the house. This is crazy. We can't keep living this way. We've got to do something. And every weekend for like nine months straight, every single Saturday, I got up, I made pancakes for the kids 
and I took them to the zoo. We got to the zoo at like nine o'clock every single Saturday morning and we walked around. Sometimes we'd get lunch. Sometimes we'd leave about noon. We'd get lunch on the way home or they'd fall asleep. But we did that and they were looking forward to going to the zoo. They knew we're getting ready to go to the zoo. They were excited about it. It gave them a sense of thrill. It gave them a sense of hope that even though they were stuck in the house all day, even though they didn't get to do anything the whole week on Saturday, they got to go get out and go to the zoo. And it gave them a sense of hope that I think helped get them through all the chaos that was going on through the pandemic. It was something easy that I could do. Granted, someone else bought me the season pass. I know not everyone can afford it, but we had a season pass and I I was able to do that. It was something extra that I could do in addition to those darn delicious pancakes that I make. And it was helpful. It gave them a sense of hope. And then there's things that you can do on a daily basis, having a daily routine that will help your kids. One thing that we do, this was mainly my wife, but I joined in in this effort and I try to stay consistent with this, is we read them stories. We read them books before they go to bed. Now, I used to tell Frankie Bible stories. Now, I'm not just, you know, the greatest theologian, but I studied the Bible a a good little bit. I talk to people about it constantly. I'm engaged in different ideas, and I know a little bit about it, and I know a lot of the stories, and I know the details of the stories. So when I would tell Frankie Bible stories, I wouldn't cut out details. Some stories I would start and then then I would realize I'm going to have to figure out how I can say this to a two-year-old at this point. For example, I'm telling the story of Samson. I'm like, uh, and Samson had a problem with girls. He liked them a lot. (laughs) And I had to figure out uh, how am I going to tell this to a two-year-old without going into the nitty-gritty details of what Samson was doing with all these women. So that was fun. But for example, when I told him the story of Adam and Eve, I told him that they were naked. When I would tell him the story of David and Goliath, I included the part where David cut off Goliath's head at the end of the battle. I told him the details to the story. It was funny. In one of his Sunday school classes, the teacher actually came to us after everything and said that we were learning about Adam and Eve and Frankie was sure to let everyone know that they were naked. We weren't going to include that detail, but for whatever reason, he knew about it. And I was like, yeah, that was definitely my fault, but it's true. So the people need to know. Anyway, since I was so vivid with my stories, my wife actually purchased a Bible story book that tells it in a better way for children, I guess. I guess it's not my way, but it's a good way. It's a good Bible story book. Uh, I'm going to try and drop a link for that in the description or somewhere so that you can maybe go and purchase it for yourself. But it's been a great book and we go through it. We go through it again and again and again because I'm treating it like the Bible. You always stay involved in the scriptures. You always read because you constantly have the opportunity to see it through a different lens after going through different life experience. And you can learn something new, even though you're reading something you've read before. So I'm reading these stories to Frankie just about every night. Reagan is getting those stories too. We're reading them together. We just did the story of David and Goliath tonight, but it's something that they can look forward to. We're getting ready for bed. They don't ever want to go to bed. They never think they're tired. We brush their teeth. We get PJs on, but then every single night we have story time. We read 
books and they're excited about the stories. They're excited about reading the books, even though their day could have been a little traumatic, even though they could have cried a lot, even though they could have had a lot of emotions that they didn't know how to process. When we get to the end of the day and it's time to read our books or they get to pick a book out and we get to read multiple books sometimes, that's what they have hope in, that they're going to have this moment that is consistent, that they're going to have something that doesn't change in their world, that they get to have mommy and daddy read them a story before bed. It's simple. It takes just a few minutes. It's really easy to do. And it helps them so much. It helps establish what hope feels like in their mind. It gives them the opportunity to feel hope, to process hope, to learn what to do with hope. I know you may be thinking that that's quite a bit of a jump, but I promise you it's not. You give them something that is constant. And as they go through this ever-changing life, as they grow up, they have these different things to hold on to that they know, if I can just wait, if I can just be patient, coming this weekend, I'm going to get pancakes and I love pancakes. Coming this weekend, I'm going to get to go to the zoo and I love going to the zoo. Coming tonight, daddy's going to read me a story. Mommy's going to read me the story. There's this book that I got from the library and I want to read it. And tonight's the night that that gets to happen. And I'm excited about the story. It can be little things. You don't have to try and figure out, how do I take my kid around the world? They don't need that. They don't necessarily want that. Frankie just wants squishy lizards. That's all he wants. Reagan just wants to call me names. That's all she wants. If I'll just play that little game with her where she calls me a unicorn and I call her a squid and then she calls me a cat with whiskers or something like that. That's all she wants from me. She just wants to play a game. Children are simple. They want simple things. So this is why routine is so important for you to establish with your kids. Because as things change, as days differ one from the other, variation fills your weeks and your months and your years. Your kids have things that they can look forward to. And that is helping them have a sense of hope. Thank you for listening today. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.